Now it's time for Inspirational Women. And my guest, Dr. Julie Gatza, one of the nation's top chiropractic physicians and a health educator. Dr. Julie is also co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. With today's 4th of July eating and celebrating, I thought we could benefit from hearing Dr. Julie talk about what to eat and the way to eat. To prevent feeling lousy later in the day and the days ahead, perhaps we want to consider this sage advice and start living well and with good vitality. Dr. Julie Gatza, good morning. It is so great to have you join us today. Thanks, Kate. Nice to be on your show. And, you know, it is such perfect timing because you, with your background, uh, your life really devoted to good health and good vitality for our body. And here on the 4th of July, we could uh, really ditch all that and really do a lot of damage to ourselves. So I'm really grateful that we have this opportunity to talk about uh, celebrating the 4th of July, but, you know, this can apply to any kind of holiday and any day of eating and also just the foods that are not so great for us. So thank you for, you know, being so devoted and dedicated to providing this kind of information. Yeah, I, I, you're very welcome. It's in my blood. I uh, Anytime I get a chance to educate people on what their um, ability to improve their bodies without having to see a doctor or, you know, go and take some medication for it. it. Bodies are easy to fix. You just need to know what to do. And, you know, that's music to my ears because uh, medications really uh, challenge me. I I know that there are some that have to be taken and, okay, I can take maybe one or two, but it gets beyond that. And then I feel as though my body is going to be a, uh, a biology lab. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. And you know, if you always look at a medication, not to get onto a whole other subject, but a medication is there to actually handle the symptoms. But it has to rob from Peter to pay Paul. So the side effects are things that are happening in the body, and some people will know that's occurring, and other people don't know that it's whittling away at another system. So my whole thought of being a chiropractor and um, specializing in you know some of the chronic problems people are frustrated with is let's get to the source of why it's occurring in the first place, handle that, and you'd be surprised how easily the body says, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. Now we'll respond and give you what you want, which is your health back. And that then fits so beautifully in having this conversation about the foods we're eating and especially around celebrations because then we think we pull out all the stops and, you know, anything is good to go, right? <laughs> it's true. And we all, you know, done it. And this is a beautiful country with lots of tastes and our taste buds love it all. And, you know, we should be able to enjoy it. But if you have some tips on, you know, what to do sanely and thus when you're not in a holiday, you know, how to keep sane on that. So you're not just, you know, constantly craving sugars and you can't really get a control on it. And it, it, you can really... um do some good works for yourself when you're educated on what the heck could be happening underneath all of this. So let's look at what we're eating and especially in holiday mode kind of thing. So what might be a good uh, baseline for how to approach uh, these food festivities? So one of the things that you want to do is... uh, Anytime that you're at some sort of a a meal, you want to eat proteins first. Proteins are very important because they're the most important thing for you 
and cellular, cellularly. So it keeps you healthy. It maintains your energy. It, it creates the energy. And uh, so always go for the proteins before you do anything else, before you eat the desserts. Now, a lot of people are sugar um, craving, where they really can't stop the um, necessity to have sugar in the body. And there's more than just a lack of willpower that actually causes that. And that, you know, is just ringing lots and lots of bells. So if we eat the protein, so we're going to this barbecue on the, this 4th of July, and there might be burgers, hot dogs, steaks, that kind of thing. You're saying focus on the protein, focus just on the meat first, at least? Yes, that's what, absolutely. And, um, you know, when you do that, it basically says to your body, cool, let's just break down the one type of food this type of food goes into the body, it gets broken down, you get all the nutrition from it, and it doesn't have to compete with everything else. You know, a lot of people walk through life and they um, can't get off the sugars. They go for the carbohydrates. They have to have the potato salad, the macaroni salad, the bread on the table, and not to mention, you know, the sugars, extra sugars in their drinks and, and you know, the chocolate in their desk drawer and, you know, the chips. All those things are sugar-driven, and what it does is it starts to switch your metabolism to a sugar-driven metabolism. So trying to get off of that, great. Just, you know, start on a Monday, you start to get off of it, and a lot of people can't seem to get the willpower to get off the sugar, even when they're eating a lot of protein. And underlying that can be an actual candida overgrowth, which is where the yeast and the bacteria in your digestive system become imbalanced. And the yeast overgrows, yeast needs sugar to survive. So a lot of times you can have underlying this, all these baby yeasties basically saying, give me sugar, give me sugar. So it's not just a willpower situation. you got to handle the yeast situation. So let's take a detour to the yeast situation right now so that we're not sabotaging ourselves. Sometimes it, I think we can, I can feel so helpless. Like I'm really trying hard here mm-hmm. and it, and it's just not working. How do we know that that's the issue? What do we do about it? That's, it's, it's such a good question. If you know that's the, well, to know that's the issue, let's say you crave sugar and you eat protein instead. So you wake up in the morning and like, oh my goodness, I just need a donut. I need, you know, jam on my toast. I need sweet cereal, something, or even just a bagel. Um, if you would actually have an egg and some sausage or some bacon and that craving goes away, fine. Now it simply was you need to put the right food in the body and feed the body and not just spike it with a sugar. So if you're calm after that and you don't still feel the need for sugar, great. Just change up your diet, put protein in first. Now, if you eat that and you know, a few minutes later you're still wanting sugar, if throughout the day you can't knock that down, you're probably dealing with more of a yeast situation. And the yeast will also show up as the obvious, which is yeast infections. It can show up um, where they have toenail fungus or athlete's foot um, are all yeast-based. On top of it, that people aren't aware, they can have fatigue, itchy skin, brain fog, hormonal imbalance, digestive problems of all kinds. And uh, the craving for sugar is just one of the symptoms of it. I, I just want to say, wow, that is amazing that there's all those things and it all really points right back to sugar, sugar craving. It does. And, you know, I've been treating, I've been a doctor for 30 years and I, the first, you know, number of years, I treated a lot of patients that had 
um, candida, yeast overgrowth, you know, chronic yeast infections, urinary tract infections. And to put them on the correct diet was such a pain because it meant every form of sugar had to go out of their diet, from the carbohydrates to the fruit to the obvious sugars. And it took anywhere from six months to two years to correct it, not to mention all the nutrition they had to buy on top of it. I, um, in the past, I don't know, five, six years, I came across a, um, a herb that's only grown in New Zealand. It's from a horopito plant. And they put this in a pill form. And taking it in a pill form, if you take it once a day for 30 days, it actually wipes out this overgrowth of the yeast colonies and puts it back into order. I've never seen so simple to handle this problem. And one of the things that people aren't aware of is you can have a yeast overgrowth because you've been on antibiotics once, even 10 years ago, because the antibiotics don't just wipe out the bacteria, let's say for a ear infection in your child or a chest infection if you've had a, a, you know, a lung something. Um, it wipes out even your good bacteria in your gut once that's wiped out, the yeast say, ha ha, no one to keep us in control. Now they overgrow. Now you crave the sugar. Now you get all these strange symptoms that no one can test and basically say, hey, this is what it is. And by taking this herb, it's really amazing. They capsulated it and they call it um, Colorex, K-O-L-O-R-E-X. And it's been a lifesaver and taken a lot of time out of the game. Oh, that is amazing. And that's what you're saying. This is what you found to take care of the yeast infections or the growth of that in our gut most efficiently. The most. I mean, truly, I have looked. And there are so many, you know, known remedies that are natural, but they aren't a simple situation either. And it's not cheap to do it. And it's so timely. It's just meaning it puts so much time on the game on the game. And within 30 days, I've seen people who have suffered with urinary tract infections once a month for five years, um, get on this, control the yeast situation, clean up the diet if they need to, and uh, they don't have the problem anymore. So, you know, it's, there's something underlying this chronic situation that's going on with people. How many times have I heard, you know, gosh, my legs itch like crazy, I can't stop itching, you know, no matter how much I scratch, it's still, you know, a problem. Well, you know, you can start labeling all the different things that that could be. And commonly, I find that it's an imbalance in the gut and the colorex handles that. Incredible, because you could really see your your doctor for all these other conditions and have, as we (laughs) said early on, get these medications or whatever. And it's going to take care of that one symptom, but you haven't taken care of the root problem. It's true. And we're just not taught that way. And we're not, you know, educated that way. And, you know, those who um, are listening to your show or reading extra things or listening to podcasts, you know, those are the exceptional few that are getting educated. Everyone else has never heard about it. And it's really a shame that we aren't, you know, taking times in between our um, TV shows or in the magazines or just educating just one blip of data on how important digestion is, because if you don't have a perfect digestive system, you will not have health no matter what. It may not be at the moment, but unhealth is coming. And so sugar ties into that as well, doesn't it then not only, you know, we were saying, you were telling us how it affects our gut and we have the craving for it, but then it, it really impacts our overall health. 
Uh, it does. Right? I mean, it, it wears out your immune system because your immune system needs nutrition to be able to uh, fight anything that is foreign in the body. So all day long, it's scanning the, the body saying, all right, is this a you know, foreigner? Is this, you know, belong here? If it doesn't, then it's doing its own job and fighting its own war all day long. Well, if your gut is imbalanced and you're not getting nutrients in and you've got a yeast overgrowth, it's going to compromise your immune system. So you are more susceptible to being sick, to having the thing that everyone else in the office has gotten, you know, to really react severely to different things that are <laughs> we've been encountering. And, uh, you know, the sugar on a whole other level can affect even how people look. I've seen women that have been um, on my program and on the colorex and handling the gut, and they look younger. Their skin is brighter. Their eyes look alive. They don't look dead and tired and you know, we've all looked into the mirror one day and said, wow, I look great today. And the next day you're like, what happened? And you didn't really do anything that you were aware of. And why some days you look all bright and shiny and cute. And some other days you look like, boy, oh boy, just, you know, give me a mask for my face. <laughs> I'm not so cute today. <laughs> and so the sugar is that huge and, and that terrible for us. Yeah, I mean, it's just not so great. I mean, always in, you know, minimal and, and quantities. And I am certainly a person that will try and do all sorts of, you know, foods and try different you know, recipes. But I do know that keeping in some of the very basics, which is, you know, eating protein first and, you know, not piling your plate with so much stuff at the same time to try to break it down. And, you know, when you start to eat protein and then vegetables and and keep it sort of sane. And then if you need some of the carbs, like the macaroni salad, the potato salad, the bread, fine, but use that as the third thing you put in. Fill your body up first, and then you'll start to see you didn't need so much of it. You didn't have such the craving. You start to change your diet this way. And, you know, if you're taking Colorex, if there's a yeast overgrowth, let's say you are just changing it up because there isn't a yeast overgrowth, you're going to win the game. You do this with your kids as well. You know, if they're hungry, don't give them an apple half an hour before dinner. Make them wait. Have them drink some water. And then put protein on their plate first. And, you know, maybe you, you feed them that way so that they get educated on, okay, you know, the pork chop, the chicken, the steak, the fish, that's the more important thing to be eating. Now you can put in the other things. And so are are you recommending, well, we're talking about a holiday, but just in general with eating, so the protein should come first, you pause and then bring the, the vegetables, and then if needed, you'll have your, your small carb? Yes. And if okay. you do that, you're going to notice that um, if you're, you know, struggling with your weight, you're probably going to start to see, you know, slowly but surely, you're losing a half a pound a week because you're now not asking a tremendous amount from your digestive system. You're starting to not crave the sugars as much, so you don't need to stand around the pantry and have a handful of chips because you're sort of hungry. When you're eating these proteins three times a day, uh, it does take away the sugar cravings. If you're drinking a lot more water than you think, and you know most people I find are dehydrated, that now a lot of times you thought that you were hungry, you're really just thirsty. And when you drink the water, the body says, oh, cool, we're really not hungry. We're just dehydrated. And you start to see changes there. And, I mean, water is the cheapest thing you can do to get your health back. Exactly. And it, it sounds simple, 
But it also makes so much sense, and especially with this hot weather, it's very easy. You probably we probably need even more hydration, don't we, than in no- kind of normal temperatures? Yes, I mean, out of you know the tens of thousands of patients that I've treated, I've seen two that drank too much water. <laughs> That's thirty years, two patients that drank too much water. Okay, great. So. That usually means that everyone else is dehydrated. If by the time you get to I'm thirsty, the body is already past um, dehydration. So it's not a matter of you only drink it when you're thirsty. You should be drinking sips of water throughout the day. You don't have to drink a whole bunch at once, but throughout the day you should be you know, grazing on water, so to speak, and uh, the body responds. If you've got joint pain, um, first of all, get off the sugar because sugar will cause joint pain. And second, especially with coffee, teas, teas and pops, and then the obvious sugars. But um, secondly, drink more water. And I can't tell you how many teenagers with knee pain, it goes away. How many older people, oh, my knee just hurts overnight. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, how much water do you really drink? How mm. much coffee, teas and pops are you also consuming? Right. Oh, my gosh. This, again, is such common sense, and we just don't hear this type of message enough. There's always the commercials and all the inundation with all the the sugary things, and not even the real obvious ones, but the hidden sugars and things. That's what we have to really be watchful for as well, aren't we? You do. I mean, you know, when I was a kid, Eating out for a fast food was a true treat. We came up in a family of five in the Midwest, and, you know, it was a treat to eat at McDonald's. And, uh, I mean, you know, it was McDonald's. <laughs> However, this now becomes very normal habit. And if you knew how much sugar is in the fries, in the hamburgers, and the buns, and, you know, all the things that you're ordering, not to mention, you know, what did that food look like before it actually became something from McDonald's. I can't imagine it was glowing in the refrigerator all beautiful as, you know, something that your grandmother would make for you. So we're getting sugars in the fast foods. If it's in a a package, a box, or a can, and you read the ingredients, I think you'll be, you know, absurdly surprised at how much sugar is in something like tomato paste. You don't have to do that. In your soups, canned soups, in your peanut butter, you know, all the popular brands. Not to mention the salsa and, you know, all these weird things that we could be making from scratch. Or we could be looking at the, um, at the ingredients and saying, oh, wow, why would I have this company when there's this one next to it that has absolutely no sugar? And uh, it's tastier. And once you get off the sugar train, you find that that sort of stuff is too sweet. You really like to have the normal great taste of food, not the overlaying sugar scene for your taste bud. So to kind of get a recap at this point, certainly sugar cravings seem to relate to uh, quite likely uh, yeast infection or too much yeast in our gut. I've seen it so commonly, I had no idea it was that common. And when I came across this colorex, I started to take a look at some of the complaints my patients had and throughout the different supplements that I've you know, put them on and, and the diets that I've changed with them. Um, when I put them on the Colorex, it really took things to another level that I went, oh, my goodness, this is much more prevalent than I knew. And partly it was um, there's no great test, test that says, oh, your yeast is overgrown. 
you actually have to look at the symptoms. You have to get the history. Have they been on antibiotics? Do they eat poorly? Have they been under tremendous stress? Did they have a surgery recently? Uh, you know, all those things contribute. And then do they have these signs and symptoms that says there's a good chance that there's a, a yeast overgrowth? And that has all the things to do with digestion and fatigue and the itchy skin and brain fog and, you know, even can't sleep at night, not to mention that you can have, you know, the yeast infections, urinary tract infections, and the different types of athletes. But those things are not just to be ignored. They should be looked at, then the history, and then you go, okay, fine. One month of Colorex, get them on it. It won't hurt. There is a bit of a die-off um, for the first three days where when you get on it, the yeast is dying off at such a rate that people can experience a bit more fatigue, maybe a headache here and there, a little tired. And I um, have noticed that with patients, and then they keep on it once a day, and you know they come out the other end where they go, oh, my goodness, I'm better. I'm like, I know. So it's really it's, it's such a simple, cheap solution comparatively. And so is would the Colorex be something that you continued taking on a regular basis? You don't need to. No. You know, if you want, oh. if you're back on antibiotics for some reason, fine. Have an extra bottle around the house for you and your family. Um, but this isn't something that you need to continue to handle. The body will handle itself and, and normalize. So, you know, as far as a real good um, plan for how to make an amazing growing company, They've made something that actually, once it's handled, you don't really need to do again. So it's a funny thing to me, but it's such a beautiful solution. I do always have it around, um, you know, if you are under tremendous stress, if you're, you know, off the, you know, normal and eating poorly for, let's say, a vacation or, you know, a long weekend and you can't get off the sugar, okay, fine, do the Colorex again. It's just such simple handling. And, you know, when things become complicated, there's usually something wrong with it. And uh, I've kept it as simple as I can as a doctor. And, you know, I sometimes just go, wow, this is just so easy to correct how bodies are failing that, you know, it's, it's almost cookbook at this point because they all respond very nicely to the correct answers. It, it again, sounds like just uh, like an answer to prayer. It's just such a, a, a wonderful solution. And so getting ourselves then to, I'll call it an even place, to this wonderful plateau. And so the yeast is under control, or it's, it's, no, it's eliminated. Then we're not going to have a sugar craving, but to continue, we should really keep our meals simple that way. Eat the proteins and then space it and have your vegetables. And we probably aren't going to crave any of the carbs or anything that has sugar in it. It's true. And if people would quit skipping breakfast or just having a coffee and a bagel for breakfast, you'd find also at the end of the day, you don't um, crave quite as badly the um, need to snack at night. And most people who snack at night are not eating an adequate amount of protein for breakfast. So it throws off the blood sugar. And at the end of the day, you, uh, it's not even. So stop skipping your meals. Eat the protein first. Get off the weird food that you know you shouldn't be eating in the first place. Drink more water. And, uh, and if you're having a problem and really want to get this under control, you know, try the 30 days of the Colorex and, and reestablish normal within the gut. So a question about a good breakfast. We had, you had mentioned having an egg and having sausage and, you, and eating that. You might find that you just don't need to have the carb. What about protein shakes? 
How do you feel about that? I mean, it's fine. To, it, uh, it depends on what it's made from. I'm not a huge fan of people um, uh, having protein shakes with the base of being dairy or whey. Uh, I find it hard for them to find a decent source of protein that you can put in a shake. You know, what I've always done, and, you know, I've gotten all these people raising their eyebrows at me, but if I was to make a shake, I always put a raw egg in it. And we were raised that way with a, you know, mother who knew a lot about nutrition, a grandfather who was a chiropractor, an uncle who was a chiropractor, a great uncle. And all five of us were raised with, you know, um, raw eggs in the shake. We used to do, you know, uh, the, the egg with, you know, some vanilla and a little bit of honey. And at the time we were drinking milk, but we could use almond milk. And, and you slam that down and the body goes, oh, perfect. Thank you so much. That was easily broken down. If you want to add vegetables and kale and fruit to that, that's totally fine as well. But my favorite source of any protein is the real protein, which is, you know, egg in form or actually the, the meat. And, you know, some people don't eat meat. So if they're going to be vegan or vegetarian, they'll want to correctly eat legumes and beans and soak them correctly, not just eat them from cans and rely on pasta as their um, source of of food. Right. Your description of the egg, uh, having the eggnog or having the egg as protein just really flashed back to my childhood because my mother would do that. She would whip up the egg with some vanilla and actually she did put milk in it. Um, and Same. and that was that was our, our meal. Yes. <laughs> we did that so commonly that, I mean, I've been doing it for years that I thought, you know, out of the hundreds and thousands of times that I've eaten that way and never got any sickness from eating a raw egg. Well, if I ever did, it would be worth it because of all the good days I had with an egg. Mm. <laughs> and when it comes to cereals, because some people are still attached to cereals, would you say, um, is oatmeal a good uh, source? No, probably no. not the type that everyone's used to seeing on the shelf. But mm-hmm. if you get the um, steel cut oats, oh, yes. the kind that if you prepare it correctly, you're supposed to soak it overnight. If you prepare it correctly, it's supposed to take more than 20 minutes to cook on the stove. Now you've got an actual real grain that hasn't been messed with, that isn't quick and instant and microwavable, and uh, it's a decent um, grain. Now, that's not enough protein as far as I'm concerned, so you know, putting an egg with that you know, having different things along with that would be would be better. You know, yes. even if you want to put some almonds and some, some walnuts on it as well, that you're doing better. But as a general rule, when people want to eat things like cereal, I say limit it to two or three times a week and vary it around with, you know, I mean, I eat a lot of dinner for breakfast. I just don't have a thing on having to have breakfast for breakfast. So <laughs> I'll make a lot of extra chicken in the morning, have cold chicken and, you know, call it, a, call it my meal. Right. Oh, such important uh, life-giving information that you're sharing with us, Dr. Julie. And so just to recap, as we have to be wrapping up, we, um, you know, started out with thinking of this being uh, this holiday weekend and we have to be celebrating and eating all these things. And what we want to keep in mind, you said, keep it simple and, and slow down and take one thing at a time. That's exactly right. And, you know, a little education goes a long way. And, you know, you start with yourself and portray that maybe to your spouse and, you know, get your kids involved. And it's not that hard to learn how to um, to eat correctly and keep a healthy body. And when you do that, you have a lot of leeway to be bad and not suffer so badly. My daughter and I were talking about that. I said, you know, we can really go off the norm 
and we do not suffer so strong. And she said, I know, well, we eat well, we exercise, we this, we take nutrition, we do the right things, and it gives us a buffer that most don't have. And that's the thing, why you can live well and survive during challenging times. That's exactly right. right. And I, you know, I wish that for everyone so that they're not, you know, constantly having to follow diets or constantly battling health or constantly on medications. Which I would hope all of us desire to have that. So uh, to connect with you in any way, to find you, is there a website? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a website and it has um, uh, the um, nutrients, uh, the Colorex um, herb in there. And it's K-O-L-O-R-E-X is the name of it. But if you they go to the um, website, it's naturesources.com. And uh, you can read all about it. It has different um, forms and creams and, you know, things to take care of, uh, you know, rashes and things like that. Um, they can also call the 1-800 number. And if they can use the code radio, they can get 20% off their first order. And that 1-800 number is one 800 8 I always encourage to get a couple of bottles of the Colorex because you want to take one now. You want to have one ready. If you do need to be on antibiotics or somebody else in your house is trying to, you know, tackle this as well. And you can also give this to children. So it's not a, it's not a, a problem. It's truly an herb and it's been used for thousands of years in New Zealand by the tribes there and um, the natives there. And for many more things than just trying to handle the yeast problems in the gut. Sounds so wonderful, simple, just wholesome. And I am just so grateful for your insights, for your living your life this way, Dr. Julie. And certainly, (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome. But thank you for being with us today to really expose us to this and help us to live a more uh, vibrant life as well. Uh, Terrific. Nice talking with you as well, Kate, and have a nice 4th of July. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Julie Gatza and Sunday Morning Magazine with Matt Cave. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and... I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of strong commitment to good health and learning. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning and happy 4th.